It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria Podcast. It is Friday. <laughs> September 25th of 2020. This is episode number 78, the very last episode of the 1980s Forgotten Slasher Treasure Chest. We're talking about The Hitcher from 1986 from director Robert Harmon and broadcasting from our studios, which you should have watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre to find out you shouldn't pick up hike. Hitchhiker Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And I'm Andy Gilly. I try to say my name different every time now. Cause Andy Gilly. I don't, I don't know. I should introduce you. Here's Andy. Yeah, maybe maybe we should. No, we probably shouldn't do that. All right, fine. <laughs> Got big plans this weekend? Uh, no, not really. No. Just kicking back. Yep. And relaxing. Relaxing. How about yourself? You know what? No, I uh, going to the gym. I finally got going to the gym again. Excellent. Yeah, um, you're, you're looking good. If thanks, I say, may say so thanks, myself. Man. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> dropped 11 pounds, so I'm yeah. pretty very proud of that. Um, I'm sore all the time, though. Yeah, and it, yeah, I know it usually <laughs> takes about a month to get over that, but yeah, <laughs> I've been hitting it hard. Excellent. When, when you're good. single, yeah, 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 you gotta you, you gotta trim down and <laughs> I get gotta it. look good. For <laughs> just be fat all the time now. So <laughs> yeah. I'm married, so you know I don't have to look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still go. All right, uh, horror oh, movie dude. news. Horror movie news. You like Mandy with Nick Cage, right? Yeah, I. I like. Okay, I'll say this before you get into it. I didn't because I it yeah, kind of went over my time, head, yeah. and then I watched it multiple times since then, and I love. Mandy now. That's so, right. Go ahead. Well, you can buy the iconic Cheddar Goblin macaroni and cheese product. Yes. <clears throat> it's uh, featured in a commercial in the film, if you remember right. Right. The Legion M Shop, a fan-owned merchandise company, is offering boxes of the product you can actually eat. Uh, a single box costs four forty four, and you can get a six-pack for fourteen forty four, and a 24-pack for forty four forty four. I think it's pretty close to regular mac and cheese isn't it no mac How and cheese is really inexpensive is it I, yeah. I don't buy it that often i never look at the price of my groceries it's not a part of my diet but i would just no. have it just as nostalgia just to keep it in a you right. know safe spot or something like that maybe it would be worth some money one day I, you know i probably not but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and i don't know about saving food so the, when the um a certain football team won the super bowl once they had like some wheaties uh, and my parents bought some of that and uh, I, I went and looked at, at their house, and uh, they still had this stuff. Uh, and and it's, it's been like uh, about 22 years since that. Probably stale, right? <laughs> yeah, I would think it would. I mean, it's still sealed in the bag, but that's kind of gross, don't uh, you think? Yeah. I mean, even macaroni and cheese, it's dry and everything. <laughs> and Wheaties are dry, too. But I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't know about collector food items. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I don't know. And this is pretty expensive if you're going to eat it, huh? <laughs> if you're really excited about macaroni and cheese. I mean, keep the box, I suppose, but don't keep the food. No. Yeah, make the Cheddar Goblin mac and cheese and then right. keep the box. I'll tell you something else, too. Once I, I found a beer that was about eight years old, 
And I thought, well, it's beer. It, it should be good, right? No, it was. It had like floaty black stuff in it, so you just you can't keep food as a collector item. Oh no, no. <laughs> I don't know. Dread Central reports that Radio Silence's Scream Five will start shooting at the end of the month. Franchise newcomer Jenna Ortega promises that it will be an honor to Wes Craven's films. She says that the very secret script honors the original movies. Uh, She said, throughout the years, the franchise has done really well at calling back and bringing some sort of nostalgic aspects to the script. I'll definitely say that there are some here in this version of it. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to it because, like, the entire cast is on board again. Yeah, the main characters. So, yep, that's cool. Absolutely. David Arquette. And uh, have you seen this uh, David Arquette wrestling movie? You know, I saw the trailer to it. Yeah. He's crazy. (laughs) It looked really interesting. I really kind of want to check it out. But he's in it. Uh, Nev Campbell, obviously, would be reported about that. Uh, Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox, exactly. Um, I wonder what that's going to be like, uh, because David Arquette and Courtney Cox were married at at a point. Yes, that's correct. How how is that going to be working together? I don't know. I wondered that myself when I when I heard they were both signed on. So well, I guess they're still good friends because they got they have a daughter together. Yeah, that's right. So probably so I I think they could co- coexist. <laughs> well, I'm sure they're professionals as well. So yeah. <laughs> I Horror reporting that AMC's horror theme streaming service Shutter has surpassed the one million subscriber mark. Started in 2016, membership has steadily increased, uh, but it saw a huge surge last year with the addition of its original programming slate. The addition of the original. Series Series and movies turbocharge our growth and turn Shudder into a must-have service for anyone interested in great horror, thriller, or supernatural entertainment. Miguel Pinella, AMC Network's uh, senior vice president or senior VOD president, said. So uh, I guess that would be um, senior uh, video on demand president. Mm-hmm. That would be the AMC guy, Miguel Pinella, uh, who's uh, you know the head of Shudder because AMC owns Shudder. Yeah, I, I and I'm so happy they have it. I mean, as horror movie fans, it's just like, you know, there's the Disney Channel or Disney Plus where, you know, you got the family stuff. But this right. is like specifically for us. And their original content is good. It, it is. I mean, you know, not it, all of it's brilliant, but no. most of it's good. No, it, it really is. It's got some good uh, original content, some good stuff that, you know, you aren't going to find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um and some some pretty cool documentaries too. Oh yeah, you know, I, I like some of that that stuff on there. So definitely worth the uh, price, even though it's increased a little bit. Oh, uh, for yeah, it's, not, it's still five. It's just over five. <laughs> it's bucks. not. It's not sixty six dollars like the uh, <laughs> like the email uh, alleged that they initially sent out. Devin Sawa gave props to his co star Camille Sully for her performance in the upcoming movie Hunter Hunter. Sawa tweeted, "I absolutely love Bloody Disgusting, but I have to make a correction. Camille Sully is the star of this film. She absolutely kills it too. Nick and I co star. We have her back. We also kill it." So, uh, Bloody Disgusting had uh, had uh, made a uh, article and said that Devin Sawa was the star of this Hunter Hunter film. He corrected them in that tweet. Wow. Uh, film is about a family of fur trappers who are plagued by a rogue wolf. Sawa goes out to find it, and a bloodied Nick Stahl returns. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, it does sound kind of interesting. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You loved it so much the first time. Now you can watch Veronica all you want. It's on Shutter. It came out this month on Shutter. <laughs> it, it was. Uh, I think it came out on Thursday. Tales yeah. of the Albino Spider of Dejet, Drakesia Contessa Blood. A really good graphic novel, by the way, John. <laughs> well, <laughs> like you really kept mentioning good. in that mm-hmm. episode, yes. I haven't seen the source material. Yeah, it came. To, it's the source material is good, man. Anyway, uh, Veronica came to Shutter on Thursday. Uh, you can watch it every day for Shutter. October if you want. Oh boy. 
You know I'm going to because like when we do our year end, our top our top five of uh, 2020, it's going to be in there, right? Uh, uh, definitely, um, probably my <laughs> top, maybe two. I don't know. I'm not sure. I gotta I gotta think about whether it's number one. No, it's not number one. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a terrible movie. Might, I, I it might be it. dishonorable. Yeah, I gotta think maybe Glenn Danzig trolled us with that and uh, this next movie, the vampire uh, spaghetti western, is gonna be amazing blow your socks yeah, off. I, it might. <laughs> no, I don't might, know. It might actually be, yeah, it might be one of those ones. That's like, so the guy's, wait, hold on. What? The guy's, the guy's record company was named Plan 9 from Outer Space. You know that he's like a, a fan of really bad movies, so... I don't know. He didn't we'll have see. to make one. No, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what this uh, Vampire Spaghetti Western is like. We're definitely going to uh, watch. I'm going to make you watch that as well. Excellent. <laughs> All right. Horror movie trivia director Robert Harmon not only directed movies, but he also directed a miniseries that won a Director's Guild Award. What was it? And bonus points if you know who was the star. Hmm. I do not know the movie or the uh, miniseries. What was it? Jesse Stone. Oh, I don't know that one. It was back in like the early 2000s. It, okay. it, it came out every so often, and the star was Tom Selleck. Oh, wow. Okay. My wife probably knows that one. She's a huge Tom Selleck fan. <laughs> uh, this former president of the United States of America served on the board of the company that made this movie. Hmm. <laughs> Wow, I'm right. Bill Clinton. Uh, no, that would be George W. Bush. Oh, wow. He was on the board of Silver Screen Management beginning in 1983, served as director until 1993. Uh, they also had a hand in producing Good Morning Vietnam, Pretty Woman, and The Little Mermaid. This movie came up during his campaign, actually, since it was a rated R Hollywood. Uh, the issue was rated R Hollywood violence targeted children. Uh, this movie, very violent, uh, I guess, not really, was pointed out as some kind of uh, hypocrisy. Uh, his campaign pointed out that not only did he not make decisions about the kinds of movies to finance, but that The Hitcher was probably not marketed at children. Yeah. Well, no, it was R-rated. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Well, well, then that was the issue was rated R Hollywood movies targeted that were targeted at children. Oh, so, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that was the uh, uh, apparently a uh, some sort of campaign issue of the uh, Bush administration. And uh, they called him out because of uh, this movie. Um, I don't know about. <laughs> I don't know about how violent it was, really, but we'll, we'll get into about it. That, yeah. All right, Andy's chainsaw plot. Um, a man driving alone picks up a hitchhiker for some company. In a shocking surprise for a horror movie, the hitchhiker turns out to be a psychotic, obsessive killer and leads the man on a bloody chase through West Texas. Mm. Well, that's pretty much it. This is your spoiler <laughs> alert. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the hitcher from 1986. If you have not seen this movie, pause the podcast, go check it out, and then come back to find out what we had to say about it. Andy, your initial thoughts of The Hitcher. <laughs> well, I remember this from... I, I picked this movie because I remember it scaring me when I was a kid. It was right. on HBO. It's a you know an HBO production, obviously. Which yes. Is, that's why it's the only place you can watch this movie. Um, and I, I remember it being quite frightening, and, and I thought it was re a really violent movie, too. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have never I've never picked up a hitchhiker, probably because of this movie. That's, that's it helped. It helped with that. Right. One thing I never did. Uh, I'm sure that I didn't see uh, I didn't see uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre until later in my life. So it wasn't that that caused me not to pick up hitchhikers. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah, it, this this movie. Um, 
I, I had some nostalgia for it. I, I put it in here because I really thought it was a treasure. Um, I still think it might, maybe qualifies as a classic. We, we'll talk about that at the end here. Um, a lot of people really like this movie. It uh, it got you know lambasted by Roger Ebert as a well, and I think he was kind of prudish uh, too. You know, he, he tended he was to never kind of horror movies. He did, no, he wasn't, and he tended to really. Um, really give it to, to horror movies that he found. He gave this zero stars, said it was a reprehensible movie that had no value, that it was super violent. I just didn't really think this was all that violent, you know? I mean, Not I almost think... By 86. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I almost think this could have been a PG-13 movie if you sent it back to the RI... Or the... Um, not the R, the, the MPAA. Uh, today, I wonder if you'd get a... Um, if you get a PG-13 out of this, because is there really anything that's uh, all that violent? All of all of the uh, deaths happen off screen almost. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it just, it, I was a little bored watching this. It wasn't all that exciting to me. Um, and I didn't find the characters as compelling as I thought they would. I, I would. Right. Um, Jennifer Jason Lee is maybe probably the the best character in this movie, I think. I don't know. I I, I don't know about. Um, I don't even know about Rick or Howard turns in a good performance. I just I don't think the character is all that great. No, the dialogue is uh, kind of atrocious. Right, right. So uh, the original script of this was a three-hour movie. I'm glad that was next because <laughs> it felt like a three-hour movie to me. I was just gonna say that, and, and I just don't. I don't get the. Um, I don't this is a highly revered movie that a lot of people really like and I was hoping you'd like it so that we could argue about this because because I don't I don't get the uh, the fascination with this movie it, it maybe it had something more to do with the 80s and in that time period uh, because I do remember thinking it was a very scary movie back then yeah I agree um, you know for me it was it was kind of a frightening movie it was kind of cool it was um you know, we had HBO back in the day, and it was, you know, something that you would watch. I, I, I think I maybe watched it twice and enjoyed it both. Yeah, that, that seems about. Then. Yeah, seems about right. Watching it again, <laughs> exactly what you said. Uh, it felt like a three-hour-long movie. It did the plot was all over the place. Yeah, and the action oh. was like I can suspend my disbelief for a lot of silly things, especially in horror. But the action was really just. Over the top, stupid. I, I kind of really enjoyed the premise of of it being a hitchhiker trope and being like car chasing. The aesthetic of of that Texas desert was cool to me. I loved the idea of this movie. Yeah, I think exactly. It could right. be a really cool movie. You know, I I, I really think. And there's a there's a 2007 version of this, which is also panned. I guess it, it got a lot of bad reviews. I'd be interested to see it though because. Uh, I think there's a couple of things you could add to this movie that maybe they you would do these days that might make it a, a much better movie. And, and one of them would be a lot of graphic violence. Yeah. If there was a lot of graphic violence in this movie, I think it, it, as a vehicle to deliver graphic, gory scenes, this could have been good. Uh, but there aren't any really right. that, that I notice. I mean, I think the bloodiest thing is when he ends up getting shot at the end by the uh, Spas 12 shotgun yep. and like his the blood kind of explodes out of his chest. Mm -hmm. 
otherwise I don't remember any gore and I was I was paying attention as well as I could to this thing I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest with you I fast forwarded the movie because I just wanted to see the end yeah uh, at in the uh, hotel scene right sure. after he takes a shower and, yeah. and uh, what's his name John sneaks into the room and right. starts uh, snuggling up to Nash Nash yeah uh-huh. I'm like I can't watch this anymore I mean I it was, was it, a classic maybe the idea of the movie or the mm-hmm. premise of the movie is classic because we talked before the podcast you said that you know this has been kind of rehashed because of this movie because you know an intruder or, or a hitchhiker you know in a cat and mouse kind of game which right. you know is a great premise but Man, it didn't land. No, it really didn't. And um, I guess another thing about this movie, I, I obviously watched it on HBO Max or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. I, I guess I, I, I ordered this movie on Amazon, and it made me subscribe to HBO to, to watch it. So whatever Amazon's version of HBO is, that's how I watched it. The transfer was terrible. Oh, yeah. It was it looked awful. So bad. It, it looked like a four. I was surprised. Remember when we watched uh, Killer Workout, and yeah. you could see like the tracking lines and stuff? <laughs> I almost thought, I think it might have been a 4EI transfer, because I had to zoom in my uh, TV to, to get it full screen. Otherwise, it was like... In in the middle of the screen this big right yeah and why couldn't hbo get a? I don't know you'd yeah. think that they would have like the original um and, and there is a um blu-ray version of this well I, i'll um, say this i i and i'll tell you what I, I really think like the landscape the west texas texas desert and stuff would have come off a lot better in a better um transfer of sure. this movie like if it was if it was in 4k this movie might have at least you know we just said hey the cinematography was was great mm-hmm. but I couldn't appreciate the cinematography it looked terrible it was you know all pixelated and stuff right. because my TV is zooming it in and upscaling it from I think 480i <laughs> yeah I mean it's almost like you're watching it on a tube TV you know? it was you know and oh. and you know I and I know that there are high definition versions of this I don't know why HBO doesn't have that for the uh, for their streaming service. I don't know. Yeah, it makes I, no sense. I I was you know the TriStore horse can, Pegasus comes running out of the and it's all small and I'm like I'm like oh well, why did they make the uh, you know the logo to this small and then I'm like the whole movie is like you you got to be kidding. And then I had to mess around with my TV's settings to zoom it in. I'm like this is terrible. So I think I think you could have at least appreciated some of the cinematography and maybe that add something to it uh, because I guess you know in some of the reviews that I read about I tried to read some reviews of people who really love this movie and they did mention that that you know you get this sense of vastness uh, you know and he's he's alone in the this vast desert with this guy and he can't get away mm-hmm. and there's kind of an agoraphobia to it that maybe comes through maybe if you watch it on a big screen or um, or, you know, uh, uh, if you actually got a decent transfer, this movie maybe it would be a little bit different. But and I don't know if the content was edited because I just didn't think it was violent. I didn't find this movie to be violent at all. No, no. I, and like you said, there's very little blood. I mean, at the end. And that's I mean, about wh- it. Yeah. I mean, OK, so the first family, he kills this fan. Th- th- there's a disturbing idea, I guess, that happens in the movie where, you know, he 
So in the beginning of the movie, he he picks up uh, th- this guy is driving uh, what Jim. Uh, Jim Halsey, played by C. Thomas Howell, driving through the desert, and he's uh, he's got like a it's supposed to be a fancy car, I guess. It's like a '77 Cadillac Deville or something, yeah, which I guess would be like a, driving a Cadillac uh, CTSV or something these days. You know? Yeah. So I didn't I, I didn't get that he was driving like a fancy car. <laughs> yeah, he's driving from Chicago to my right. hometown of San Diego. That's right. Right. So and I guess this is probably something you'd still do this a person needed their car delivered to san diego from chicago Mm -hmm. this guy was going to drive it there and he's getting i think paid to do it or he at least gets to drive for free so that's how this guy was going to get out to san diego how jim halsey is going to get out to san diego well he starts falling asleep and he picks up um this hitchhiker to you know have some companionship yeah and the guy is just uh he he won't answer questions he's uh being really weird yeah it's raining and he's got this you know I like what you said at the beginning is that Ruckard Howard did a really fine job with what he was given. I I think he did. You know, he, um, I think his performance has been praised a lot in this movie, but I, again, I didn't really think there was much to work with. No, there really wasn't. I mean, the script was so bad and the dialogue was bad and it's just, you know, I, I, nobody stood out to me and and even Rucker Howard, but if I had to pick, the MVP of this movie, it was him. Okay, and, uh, and I would say Jennifer Jason that, Lee was probably the standout for me. I yeah. thought I, she did. I mean, she was kind of a throwaway character f- uh, until kind of you know middle end, and, right? Um, and then it, then you're like, but there was like you, <laughs> we talked about this. There's no rhyme or reason of why. You know how that re- relationship was established. No, there's I mean, not. She was really, she was really nice to him. Absolutely, uh, you know, and actually like commits a felony for him. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> when he's when the police are the police are trying to goad him into shooting, allowing them to shoot him. You know, because the this uh, police officer arrests him off of a bus because uh, uh, John Ryder Rutgers Howard, or Howard's character has framed him for some of these murders. Right. And uh, he's actually spent the night in jail. Uh, uh, John Ryder, we'll just call him by his uh, character's name. John Ryder has killed all of the police police in this small police station in West Texas and let him out of jail. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, so he's a fugitive, basically. And um, and they arrest him off this bus. And the police officer who's arresting him says, you got spit on my hand, wipe it off. So he's, you know, goading him into trying to, like, act like he's grabbing his gun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Nash, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, hops out of the bus and points a gun at these police officers yep. and makes them put their hands up and then escapes with him. And it doesn't, that doesn't make any sense because they, okay, so she's met him in her... Uh, she's a waitress. She's met him in her diner, and he's been nice to her, I guess. But uh, there really isn't any reason for her to have a connection with him at all. No, nothing. There's nothing established there. I, I, I'm going to go back just a little bit. I And something that you just brushed on was it was frightening of the setup of character or the setup to the character of John, the, mm-hmm. the hitchhiker. Um, the fact that. He got picked up and a couple like a mile or so down the road, there's a an old Volkswagen with the lights still on. Um, so it was established pretty early that he killed him. Yeah. I, I like that revelation and, you know, the, the little dialogue that they have. And he just goes from 
hey, can, can I have a cigarette to like putting a switchblade to his throat right. saying, I want to die. I want to die. Right. And, and that was see, I, I had some hopes for it because that was act, that was probably one of the better scenes in the movie mm-hmm. where he's got this switchblade up to uh, uh, Jim Halsey's face. He's pointing it in his eye. Uh, apparently, C. Thomas Howell had some actual fear of Rucker Hauer here. Rucker Hauer got a little too too much into his character. Right. Wasn't really supposed to put this uh, knife so close to his eye, I guess. I did not get that from <laughs> C. Thomas Howell. I, he was that was so overacted. You thought so? I did. I thought it was just like, you know, I think maybe the tears kind of <clears throat> made it look a little more genuine. Yeah, and I thought this, I actually had some high hopes for the movie because I thought this was actually a good scene. I thought when he's, you know, waving this knife around in his face, pressing it into his cheek and stuff, right. this was an actual, I got some genuine fear from C. Thomas Howell here. I, I felt it was genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the tears just added to it. Um, so so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel it was overacted there, but um but you didn't even like that part. <laughs> no, well, I mean, I liked the, I did like the scene. I just, I thought it was a little overacted with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it felt a little genuine, but I mean, it's just, again, the dialogue wasn't, wasn't good. You know, I thought the dialogue in this scene actually was, he says something about like, uh, uh, have you ever seen an eye explode or, you know, Oh you know, yeah. That yeah, was actually was, pretty uh, creepy stuff he was saying. And, and I, I liked this scene. This particular scene was actually, pretty creepy and it established him it established him as a, a real villain you know a real like um, sinister uh, sadistic guy who yeah, uh, with, with no kind of qualms about killing no conscience random, at all exactly people. you know I, I so I I thought this was actually one of the better scenes in the movie and I thought it was pretty well acted from both characters uh, from both actors uh, Rucker Hauer I think this is probably one of one of the better scenes in the movie for him. And I think I've heard I heard that a lot of this was ad libbed and C. Thomas Howell really didn't know it was coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he didn't expect to have this knife this close to him and he didn't expect <laughs> to be being touched with it, I guess. Right. Um, so it was, um, you know, I, I did actually get that. I think that was good. And then, yes, the scene where he drives past the VW and, and Rucker Howard will not let him stop. Right. I, I got a genuine like uh, it, it was like creepy and villainous and uh, you know you, you get this idea that this is a real gross person that he's with you know? yeah for sure um, but then you know and I'm like all right we don't need to see what's in the VW that's fine so for that scene I was okay with not seeing what was going on right but that's what happens in every single kill that, in this that's movie exactly right you know and, and not that I want to I don't want to see this family get murdered or anything like that but um, you know they could have done it like uh, Becky where they where they don't show the kids getting killed because I thought that oh, was a yeah, really yeah. you know those kids you know those kids got killed by those by that Nazi guy in, in Becky yeah exactly and you know they showed the parents getting killed but it was just implied that the kid, kids got killed. And I thought that was super effective. Uh, so did know? I. You, and I don't want to, I don't want to see kids getting killed. No. I don't, you know, <laughs> I definitely don't want to see that in a movie, but the way it was done in Becky was far superior to the way that it was done in this yeah, movie. You just, you know, the, you saw the family basically, you know, Jim's still driving his car. He had gotten away from John. Right. Um, kicks John out of his car, basically, in the yeah, rain. Well, yeah, because it's kind of, it, the door was ajar or not completely right. closed, so he just pushes him out, push him out. and drives away. Um, later, 
you see a station wagon with this family and John pops his head up and he's right. trying to get this family's attention. Hey, you got a killer back there. You need to pull over. Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember the 80s very well. I don't think my parents would have just got some uh, hitchhiker and put him back in the back seats with us. I, I don't know. But <laughs> hey, know. this family did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then he goes to uh, an abandoned um, gas station he sees the same family because they had passed him right um well he sees sees the same car he gets blood on his shoes so there's a little bit of gore there he ends up throwing up yeah and so right here but we don't see any of that no you don't we don't see what he saw in there and there's where i think this would have been more effective as a delivery vehicle for some gore Mm -hmm. you know if if i had seen some gore there i would have at least been like well you know there's some gore in this film that was entertaining you know and again i don't i don't want to see the kids but you know we could have seen a little bit of what he saw inside of that car without it being exploitative to children exactly right didn't it feel like like you know, a t- made-for-TV movie. It did. That's exactly what I felt uh, about this, and that's what I wondered. Like, am I watching an edited version of this or something? <laughs> you know, I don't think so. But because I, I really, and I'm, we weren't because I've, I've, re- I read some articles about this, and they're like, oh, we just, we didn't show this. You know, they're talking to like the. Uh, effects person or whatever and they're like we we didn't show this stuff and it was more effective and actually one of the uh one of the people involved in this film did say that nash's death should have been shown because uh it's what motivates him apparently to you know to to actually kill uh john Ryder at the end right and we don't see anything at all we we, it cuts away uh it's obviously implied what happens to her but Mm. um but we don't see anything, you know? So, yeah, basically. And so at this gas station, you know, again, they could have shown that. Um, John's got a new vehicle now. Right. You know, and, and that was the kind of the cool idea is that he would just hitchhike, he would kill the individual, take their vehicle. Right. And just, it's a vicious, he's like a serial killer, which was a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got this like awesome, like, power hungry truck that he runs into the the gas station so there's still gas in these pumps yeah it's a and dodge it's, ram charger actually yeah, from the yeah it's <laughs> and it's spraying everywhere he takes a, a match throws it on the ground tries to blow up uh, a gym he gets away this is when uh right so i did like this scene where he's driving out of the gas station with the flood with the uh car on fire uh, yeah, that, that was that was actually cool. a pretty cool shot you know he's <laughs> the flames are coming off of the hood and stuff uh that was pretty cool yeah exactly i right. like that and, and in uh 4k or something that would have been fantastic mm-hmm. you know those the flames behind him and car on fire and he's speeding out of there that was that was a that was actually a really great shot yep i, I really liked that scene yeah it, it added really kind of a cool action to it you know well there was some whoever's driving that car did like a really good job making it look like the person was hauling ass out of there there was like a a sense of urgency in whoever was driving that probably because the car was on fire (laughs) or maybe they needed to keep the speed up to keep it from completely being engulfed in flames i don't know how how they did that effect but uh that that was an also one of my favorite scenes in this movie yeah it was really cool he ends up going to the uh the diner that's where he meets up with nash um she feeds him, you know, just there's this like this initial or this uh, instantaneous like attraction to each other. I, I guess I got that out of that scene, but really it was, you know, they're just being nice to each other, basically. Yeah. I, I did. I, did you get a lot of uh, 
like a relationship building or like there was an no. attraction here. And again, like this was a three hour script and I heard there was a very graphic sex scene between these two, which might have like made it seem like they were more attracted to each other or yeah. something, you know. Uh, but that got cut out. So I never got the idea that they were any more than you know uh, two acquaintances uh but they're doing all of this you know risking their lives for each other and i didn't and you know at the end um jim halsey is uh you know avenging her for what for what reason she's like just a person he doesn't really you know obviously he knows this girl but well i mean she helped him out a little bit so i I get that well yeah i guess by that time she's you know she's helped him out with the police and stuff yeah that makes that makes more sense but there just isn't uh i didn't get a i the idea that these two were in love or anything like that no and i didn't get that at all and you know you had brought that up again uh, before we even got to the podcast there's like nothing nothing's cohesive in this movie no it's it's so like just all over the place so like in the hotel shot in the hotel scene yeah where he goes in the shower and then uh john Ryder comes in mm-hmm. uh john Ryder, you know snuggles up to nash and she thinks it's it's jim mm-hmm. and uh she smiles and stuff and like kind of snuggles into him or whatever and Prior to that, Jim was like not barely touching her in the bed. He was laying next to her, right? And and I'm like, oh, maybe Jim should be there, seeing how she, you know, when he she he thinks it's her, or when she thinks it's him, what the way she's reacting to it. You know? But uh, shortly after that, she gets ripped apart by a semi. So yeah, um, <laughs> he gets to jail, and we already we already brushed over it. Um, he gets taken to jail after the diner. He. Um, what he oh oh that's when uh that's when john like kills all the cops yeah and there was some actually some gore there i yeah, will admit there well, was a little bit of tv level th- gore there maybe. that's what i thought I, I thought the exact same thing you know with the cops you're just like wait hold on a second this guy's like a sadistic killer right nothing you couldn't see on you know the cable channel sci-fi or something like that yeah i think um at night so yeah. So we well, yeah, and he gets uh, gets away from the jail, whatever, and and you know then there's uh, then the bus thing happens that we already talked about. Then there's this um, this like Grand Theft Auto five star alert out for them, obviously, because all these cop cars come after them, <laughs> and the cop cars like shoot parts off of the cop car that they've stolen, right? And then they shoot the cop car once, and they then both cop cars flip over <laughs> <laughs> into the desert. Well. Then oh. a helicopter shows up. That's right. Yeah. It, it's like <laughs> it was like Grand Theft Auto, five star alert. Yeah. You're busted. <laughs> exactly. So then the, one of the most preposterous things in this film happens. There's a helicopter chasing them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and John Ryder rides out through the desert with a 357 Magnum and shoots it and down. shoots this helicopter down with a handgun while he's speeding in a vehicle driving it. <laughs> and like I said, I can suspend my disbelief, but this is really really silly you know i mean small arms fire has when you're standing on the ground has a difficult time taking a helicopter out a pistol from a uh, and i get a 357 magnum is a big pistol but 
uh, I was I was I was very much rolling my eyes during this scene. Although it really did look like it crashed a real helicopter, that was impressive. Because usually in these you know '80s things, they had the helicopter fly behind a mountain, then you saw a big explosion. Yeah, exactly right. Well, <laughs> and maybe that was their budget. Maybe it was the 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 big explosion know. at the gas station, and then the uh, the helicopter scene. And and maybe this is a much more exciting action scene back then. I mean, we've seen Bad Boys and uh, all sorts of other. You know, Michael Bay action films since oh, yeah. then. Maybe that was the attraction of this movie that it had some great action in it back then. Uh, it doesn't stand the test of time. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a big deal. A couple of cars flip over and helicopter crashes. I mean, maybe that was something that made the movie great in the 80s, though. I don't, I don't know. Well, it seems to me like it. You There's certainly see, better you, car chases by this time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, the, I. I got that vibe that it was like a big thing because you didn't see a lot of that in what was considered a horror movie. You know, I mean, no. you didn't see these big budget explosions. But I mean, the, the car crash with all these cop cars it was done better in any episode of Chips. Oh, exactly right. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. That, that was around the same time, too, right? Oh, yeah. Chips was uh, Chips was before. Probably. Yeah. Chips is probably on the same time as this. It's probably ending its run at, in 86, I think. But uh <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I didn't. I wasn't overly impressed by the action in, in that scene either. But I think that was kind of a a big part of this movie too. Is that it, maybe that it had all this action in it that was amazing at the time? But it just it has not stood the test of time. So yeah. And it's it's preposterous. Who, who's going to believe that you can shoot down a, a helicopter with a handgun? Yeah. So, but he does. Okay. So after this, Jim asks the question: Why didn't he kill us? And, you know, I, I wondered about that. Why is uh, John Ryder just toying with these two instead of killing them? Well, and especially Jim. I mean, yeah. it, that, that's a huge question that never gets answered because he doesn't toy with people like like no, he, every other person are dead immediately right. or within minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like the family, the cops, uh, you know, the the person. Before the movie even started, you know, ap right. apparently, um, I was—I got the impression that he killed people like Henry kills that guy who stopped to, who he stopped to help with his car. You just like killed him right away. Yeah, you know, like he didn't, <laughs> no rhyme, didn't mess no around, reason. no rhyme, no reason, just boom, you're dead. Right. You know, that's the that's what the impression that I got out of the other kills that John Ryder had made is that he didn't mess around. He wasn't like waiting for you to give a big speech or something like that Not before right. he uh, he killed you. You know, he just did it. So but Jim, he just toys around with this whole time. And, and I don't uh, I don't know that that's ever you know, it'd be one thing if this movie gave us a lot to think about as far as why that is. And then and they allude to it a couple of times, too. You know, the cops say this guy and you have a have a strange connection, boy, or something like that. <laughs> so what is it? Is is he supposed to be? I don't is it, maybe I'm digging too deep, too. But is he supposed to have some sort of connection to him or something? Is he like his uh, like some sort of. Uh, you know, spiritual foil to him or well, something. I, I, I thought know. about that too. Maybe it was because he got rid of him. Like at the beginning of the movie, he pushed him out of the car. So maybe there was a respect there. So it's like, I'm going to toy with this guy for a little while. You know, he did say, stop me or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. He, at the point, at one point he said, what do you want me to do? And, uh, and, uh, yeah, John said, Ryder says, stop me. Yeah. Stop me. So maybe he was keeping him around because he felt he was a formidable opponent. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Because I, it, and it was, you know, it was so 
dumb to me that he kept showing up in the same truck and it's just like, you know, waving at him, you know, just toying with him and then getting rid of whoever was chasing him, whether it was the cops or whatever. Um, so John gets arrested. Uh, doesn't uh, Jim actually crashes the bus, right? And then he gets out of the bus. He's all bloodied up. Uh, run me over. So Jim, well, okay, so so John, yeah, John gets arrested. He's in yeah. this prison bus. Yeah. And this is one of the better scenes in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. And an iconic one. And Cardi B actually made an homage to this in a video. <laughs> uh, she, he, um, like, the, Jim goes to kill him. Yeah. So he, he's, John is, for all intents and purposes, part of the uh, Texas penitentiary system at this point. He's, you know, but. He uh, he rigs it up and he ends up killing people in the bus. Jim is behind him. He jumps out of the bus into Jim's truck and comes through the windshield, right. which is a. And I remember that from the movie. Yep. Now and that's still kind of cool. Yeah. I see, guess. there there are very few scenes I remember watching as a kid. You know, maybe it's because I've only seen it twice. But yeah, yeah. I do remember that as well. The <laughs> the gas station and that chasing. Right. Right. And so that was a decent action scene, uh, a decent stunt, I think. Um, <laughs> and then you didn't think it through very well, though, because Jim just stomps on the brakes and goes flying out and actually <laughs> almost kills him. And then Jim runs him over. Um, and... <laughs> And and then he get the, you know what what does he say to him at the end he gets he stands up and he and then he ends up shooting him a whole bunch yeah, of times. Yeah, does he say something like uh, Spaz twelve shotgun? Y- you know, shoot me. Yeah, he said he says. Shoot I think me. he says yeah. shoot me. Yeah, he's like shoot right. me, and then bam. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, Rutger Hauer is good in this movie, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not enough to carry the whole thing. I no. mean, he's got some good expressions, uh, but like. I think he could have said something more iconic at the end there. Uh, I mean, the 80s were the uh, one-liner decade, man. you think he would have come up with something more clever to say than that. Well, he had a killer monologue uh, at the end of Blade Runner. Yeah, you know, I mean... Uh, like tears in the rain. Uh, right. There, there's nothing here. I mean, this guy is on some some people's top 10 horror villain list. Mm-hmm. I, I disagree. I mean, I'm not going to quote John Ryder every time I eat fava beans or drink Chianti. You know, I mean, it's just not, <laughs> no. he's not a, uh, he's not all that memorable a villain. I don't think, I mean, let's let, don't get me wrong. Rutger Howard does a good job with what he's got to work with right. here and his expressions and some things like that are, um, are great. Uh, and he, uh, you know, the beginning of the movie, I thought he was very effectively creepy and somewhat scary but in, in that first scene but it just kind of never goes anywhere no it really doesn't it it, it just kind of the ending wasn't even satisfying you know you had that trope no, it really of, wasn't he's really not dead and then shoot him with a gun and here comes the sunset yeah, and I thought they could have at least shot it blown his head apart yeah I mean he <laughs> you know, would have like oh cool. yeah well, maybe he's got a shotgun maybe they'll blow his head up nope we don't even get that satisfaction, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think, uh, did we miss anything? Uh, no, I think that's... <laughs> I think that's about it. We're at 41 minutes. So, all right. Out of five, what are you going to give it? And did you think it was bad, good, or a classic? <sighs> well, at least no dogs died this time. That's exactly... And I thought about that, too. I'm like, finally, we got a movie where no animal dies. <laughs> right. Um well, I came into this with some nostalgia. I really wanted to enjoy this movie. I think it's got a couple scenes that are um, 
interesting and well filmed. You know, you know what? One thing we did miss is um, there was that uh, interrogation shot where they're interrogating Jim, and the, like the cameras spinning around. Oh him. yeah, I thought that was extremely overly theatric. Oh yeah, you know, it was like it didn't belong in the movie. The rest of the movie was pretty standardly shot, and there's this like art film shot where the cameras spinning around. I I did not get that, but anyway. Um, I, I just, you know, the, the whole movie was kind of boring and it, it never it never rose above the level of a TV movie. You know, <laughs> I mean, if this was on TBS or something, I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, that, uh, you know, when you put back the gore and stuff, that's probably a good movie. But and like I said, if you put a whole bunch of gore in this and some really good special effects, you might have a OK movie. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like I was watching a made for uh, a movie that had all of its uh, good parts stripped out. Felt for that TV. way. TV. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of good things I did like about it. Um, I'm going to give it one and a half stars. Yeah. And okay, as far as is good, bad, or a classic, I actually do think this might qualify as a classic because this is uh, you know it's just not a classic that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people really like this movie. It's um, lauded as one of the a really great horror movie. I just don't get it. Maybe I'm just dumb or something, but I almost have to say that it's a classic because of how many people really talk about this movie and love it. Well, no, and, and that's fair. That's totally fair. I think uh, it's a bad classic. Yeah, it's a bad classic. <laughs> um, I didn't like this movie at all. Um you know, it, well, you it, fast forwarded through, so obviously not. Yeah, you didn't watch it. Huh? Yeah, I fast forwarded through that whole hotel scene, and I was just, I, I said, I got to get to the end because I got to talk about this. I want to go to bed. <laughs> um, it was boring. It was all over the place. There was no cohesiveness to this movie. There were no rhymes or reasons to it. It started off strong. I enjoyed it as a kid. I'm also gonna give it a one and a half, and I don't believe it's a classic. I don't believe that only because this will not make even your top 20 list for horror movies. It does, though, for some people. Like some some people think John Ryder is one of the is like up there with some of the greatest villains. And they think this movie is is in their time. I do think he was a great villain. But you, you said it yourself. That doesn't carry a movie. No, absolutely not. No, his yeah. If you have a great villain and a decent movie, that will be a good movie. I just got you know what I think a great villain can carry a, a mediocre movie, but uh, he's just not good enough. No, he's not. He, he did. We said it many times. He did what he a good job of what he had to work. Yeah, Rutger Hauer as an actor did a great job with what he had in this movie. And I think he. Uh, was a you know he was the one thing that made this character somewhat good because the writing certainly didn't right oh, it really didn't at all uh, so I'm gonna say one and a half I I'm I disagree with you to a certain extent about it being a classic so I'm gonna say it's a bad movie <laughs> okay I I don't disagree with you I really wish you had liked this movie I would like to talk to somebody who liked this movie <laughs> so would I because because I don't get it yeah maybe I'm just too me. dumb exactly convince me that this is a a good movie because uh a lot of people love this movie a lot of people think John Ryder's just fantastic villain that's really not my kind and he did scare it, me when I was a kid yeah I, same I with me so did Santa Claus though so <laughs> I don't know I'm <laughs> it's I, I, I just yeah I was not a fan of this and um, 
I, I think it's <laughs> doesn't really belong in a treasure chest necessarily. <laughs> so I don't think so. I, I mean, obviously, I think it's fine that we watch it. I don't, I don't regret watching it. I just, I don't remember it being this bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either. I, I just, I don't know. Watching it with my. 2020 uh year, year 2020 adult eyes I, I just don't get anything out of it like i did when i watched it and i'm sure that part of watching it when i was 12 or 13 or whatever was the forbiddenness of watching a rated r movie but there wasn't even anything really rated r about it. no no <laughs> so, i don't so, know some mild language and a little bit of gore <laughs> right a tiny little bit yep well cool uh we got shocktober coming up next week we're going to be talking about something i'm really nostalgic about halloween 3 from 1982 we got special guest anya gore from malevolent productions and horror and more with anya gore by the way i did do that podcast uh, oh, yeah, last that's friday right. um yeah. that was a lot of fun it was really late and we talked about um oh gosh drawing a blank we talked about uh series horror movie series oh yeah uh, okay. we, we mentioned evil dead which oh, i love told her that you you love that yeah uh, we'll follow that up with 31 tales of halloween ginger snaps and we'll wrap up the month with vh where can we find that podcast that you were on uh podbean podbean all right yeah i i haven't re- given it a chance to look at any others because i listen to spotify a lot but i didn't see it on there but i'll get a hold of her see if we can't give it a plug um don't forget to rate and review us if you listen to us on itunes or you can check us out anywhere you get your podcast follow us on all social medias we will follow you back uh thank you so much to listening to li- listening to episode number 78 of the Horrorphoria podcast. Everybody have a great weekend.